As Chris Christie exited the Republican primary race, the presidential race, uh, I find it ironic. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Think that it is at that time we hear his mea culpa, and not only his mea culpa, but likely the best American patriotic speech that he's ever given in his life. And it's important in these times. Because I believe, even as he doesn't have big, a lot of support in the current MAGA Republican Party, he likely will have the ears of most sane Republicans. And by the way, it's still a large percentage of sane Republicans out there. They're cowards, but they're sane. There are a lot of folks who won't admit that they hate Trump and they don't want to vote for Trump. Well, a, a speech like what? What uh, Christie gave at the end as he's suspending his campaign, I think will make a lot of difference if it gets the coverage, if it gets the coverage and if people get to see real solid excerpts of that speech as I'm presenting here. Check this out and then let's take it on the other side. We're in this race to tell the truth from the beginning. We've been in this race to tell the truth. Fact is that as we were watching this race come together from where Mary Pat and I were sitting at home in New Jersey, we were really concerned that nobody would tell the truth in this race about what's really at stake. And no one would tell the truth about Donald Trump. No one would tell the truth about his divisiveness, his stoking of anger, for his own benefit in putting himself before the people of this country, myself included, who gave him the honor of being president of the United States from 2017 to 2021. Personal ambition is a necessary element for any political candidate. You gotta get out of bed in the morning and be able to really believe in your heart that you have something to offer to folks that's better and different. And so I have no argument with people who are involved in politics being ambitious. You need to have it. But it can't be what governs your decision-making. Ambition can't be what makes you decide how to do things as a public figure. It could just be the fuel that gets you out of bed that gets you in front of a room like this, that gets you on the phone raising money, that gets you working for people who you believe in, and gets you working for yourself. I made a political decision eight years ago when I dropped out of the race in 2016. I looked at the polls and I decided that Donald Trump was gonna be the nominee and that since I'd known him for 15 years, that I could, make him a better candidate, and if he won, maybe a better president. 
I knew his flaws, but I also knew he was going to win the nomination. So I decided that I would get behind him and support him. I let the ambition get ahead and in control of the decision making. And after I figured that out, I promised myself and I promised my wife that I would never, ever do that again. And I'm not going to. So for all the people who have been in this race, who have put their own personal ambition ahead of what's right, they will ultimately have to answer the same questions that I had to answer after my decision in 2016. Those questions don't ever leave. In fact, they're really stubborn. They stay. And so I know how I'm answering those questions. I've never believed that Donald Trump was a foregone conclusion as our nominee in this race. And I knew that the case had to be made against him. Now, there are people in our party who are resigned to the fact that he was going to be the nominee, resigned with the fact that the case didn't even need to be made because it would be a waste of time. They sat on the sidelines, and all they did was voice their opposition in private, behind closed doors. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Quietly, so no one could hear. And that's not leadership, everybody. That's cowardice. It's cowardice and it's hypocrisy. As a party, we need to be willing to take the responsibility for the part we've played in getting here. Our country is angry, it's divided, it's accomplishing little, and it is leading our citizens to be exhausted. And you just look at what's happening just in the last few days. Good people who got into politics, I believe, for the right reasons. People like Senator John Barrasso, people like Congressman Tom Emmer, stand up and endorse Donald Trump. They know better. I know they know better people who continue to deny the results of the 2020 election, people in leadership in the House who go on TV and say that the people who attacked the Capitol on January 6th are hostages. We want to change this party, and if we want to change this country, it's hard work. It's not easy. From the moment I got into the race, the decision that I made was really simple. I would rather lose by telling the truth than lie in order to win. And I feel no differently today because this is a fight for the soul of our party and the soul of our country. 
Why have we resisted the calls to drop out of this race? Because unlike some of the other candidates, we're fighting for something bigger than ourselves. We're fighting for something bigger than self-interest. We're fighting for something bigger than the next title. I've got plenty of titles. I have enough titles to last me the rest of my life. U.S. attorney, governor, husband, father, son, brother. I have enough titles to last me for the rest of my life. We're fighting for something bigger. It is something that conventional wisdom thinkers just can't possibly understand. And so they've been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks, because some polls that I should drop out of the race, that I should get out for that reason. The smallness of the campaigns who spend more time arguing and worrying about who should get out of the race than they have spent going after the front runner. They spend all their time saying, oh, Christie should get out, Scott should get out, Pence should get out, Hutchinson should get out, Bergham should get out. They and their donors have a different target every day to try to minimize the attention to their own campaign. How their own campaign is a campaign that doesn't play to win. It's a campaign that plays to not offend. The problems in our country, the divisions and influx at our border, the problems with our enormous debt, the failures of our education system, all of those things and much more will not be solved by people who are too afraid to talk about what the real problems are. If we ever have a hope of restoring this party to be a governing party of principles, we have to be willing to do the hard work and take some of the heat that comes with it. We have candidates in this race who have run away from forums where they were afraid they were gonna be booed. I run into the forums where I know I'm gonna be booed because being booed for telling the truth is a badge of honor. I'm proud of everything we've said and done so far. And I'm proud of all the people who have supported us and are willing to do what needs to be done to restore the soul of our country. See, because in the end, all those issues that we've talked about at all the town halls, they're all really important, but they're no more important than the most important issue. And that is the character of the candidate. You don't know what's gonna come across the next president's desk. You think you can predict it, but you can't. No one asked George W. Bush or Al Gore what they would do if four airliners were hijacked and flown into symbols of American power and killing thousands of Americans. No one asked them that in New Hampshire in 2000. But I was glad we had a man of character sitting behind the desk in the Oval Office when that attack came, because I knew George Bush would do everything he needed to do to protect this country and its people and put them first, not himself first. Imagine just for a moment 
if 9-11 had happened with Donald Trump behind the desk. The first thing he would have done was run to the bunker to protect himself. He would have put himself first before this country. And anyone who is unwilling to say that he is unfit to be president of the United States is unfit themselves to be president of the United States. Campaigns are run to win. That's why we do them. I see the chairman here in New Hampshire. He knows we run campaigns to win. My goal has never been to be just a voice against the hate and the division and the selfishness of what our party has become under Donald Trump. It's also been to win the nomination and defeat Joe Biden and restore our party and our country to a new place of hope and optimism in this country. I've always said that if there came a point in time in this race where I couldn't see a path to accomplishing that goal, that I would get out. And it's clear to me tonight that there isn't a path for me to win the nomination, which is why I'm suspending my campaign tonight for president of the United States. I know, and I can see it from some of the faces here, that I'm disappointing some people by doing this. People who believe in our message and believe in what we've been doing. I also know though, it's the right thing for me to do. The country that I think we should choose is the country that recognizes that our differences have always been our strength, not a weakness, not something to divide us and anger us, but our differences have been our strength. We've come from different countries at different times to different places with different skills, with different religions. And yet, only here can those people become an American. You can't go to Germany and become a German. You can't come to Great Britain and become British. But you can come here and become an American, a real part of this country. The moment we become a place where people no longer want to come in search of a better, freer, stronger nation, that will be the real problem that will be harder to solve. We back our allies around the world, and they shouldn't have to think twice about having America's support. Yet we have petty politics interfering with supporting freedom fighters in Ukraine. We have petty politics interfering with defending our friends in Israel. We have petty politics interfering with making sure Taiwan is armed to fight off the Chinese. They use the border as an excuse not to do those things. How about we have a country where we can do all those things because leadership aspires to something greater, not to appealing to the lowest common denominator which is what the leadership of the last decade and a half in the White House has done, including the current president. We need a country that once again feels like everyone has a stake in what we're doing, that we can bring people together. And it's hard. It's hard to do that. I did it for eight years in New Jersey, in a democratic state, 
with a Republican governor. And it's hard because we have real disagreements, but those disagreements are small compared to the things that we have in common. But it takes effort. We have to work at it. We have to believe that the other person has a rightful place in our country. We have to believe that whether we agree with them or not, they got elected too. And they have a right to have a voice and to be heard and to have a vote and to have it count. This race has always been bigger than me. It's bigger than any one person if you do it the right way. I tried to change the conversation in this race. I tried to force a conversation in this race. A conversation about the real thing that's going on here. I stood on those debate stages, every one of them, the pundits in the media and the professional politicians who worked for other campaigns said I wasn't gonna make any of them, right? Before every debate, now Christie won't make this one, no, we make this one, I made every one of them. But when I stood on there, I watched the other candidates arguing with each other as if the race was between us, pretending as if the guy who's in front and wasn't there wasn't to be spoken about. Like Voldemort in the Harry Potter books, he who shall not be named, because they feared even bringing up his name would make him appear with his magical, mystical powers to end their political careers. So they say ridiculous things, make ridiculous points. And let me tell you, if Donald Trump becomes the nominee of this party, the moment that it happened was when Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis and Tim Scott and Mike Pence and Doug Burgum and Vivek Ramaswamy stood on that stage in Milwaukee in August. And when we were asked, would you support someone who is a convicted felon to be president of the United States, they raised their hands. Give Ron credit, he had to look at everybody else first <laughs> to see if he wanted to raise his hand, but then he raised his hand. Kind of like cheating off somebody's paper in high school. They raised their hands and I did not and will not and I cannot countenance that behavior. I want you to imagine for a second that Jefferson and Hamilton and Adams and Washington and Franklin were sitting here tonight. Do you think they could imagine that the country they risked their lives to create would actually be having a conversation about whether a convicted criminal should be president of the United States. I can't tell you how many people in New Hampshire have asked me, why isn't there a law against that? The answer is because nobody ever thought that someone would have the audacity to run for president as a criminal and they never thought that any American electorate would actually support it. It's not their fault 
that they didn't put it in the Constitution, along with 35 years old and a natural-born American citizen. They didn't think, let's throw in here, and not a criminal. They thought maybe we'd get that part. We're going to show them now whether we do or we don't in the next 10 months. Do we get it or don't we? I'm out here saying what I'm saying for the last eight months because I didn't want to take the chance that you might not get it. I wanted to be the voice that was telling you this is unacceptable. We deserve better. And now there's some people who want the courts to save us. It's not up to the courts to save us. I remember what Benjamin Franklin said. I'm sure many of you do too. When he was walking down the street in Philadelphia after the Constitutional Convention, and a woman approached him on the street and said, Mr. Franklin, what kind of government did you give us? And he said to the woman, a republic, if you can keep it. Benjamin Franklin's words were never more relevant in America than they are right now. The last time they were this relevant was the Civil War, which of course we know was caused by slavery. <laughs> the last time those words were that relevant, back in those days, and now we are confronted 160 years later with that question again. A republic, if we can keep it, it's up to you. I've been running ads all over New Hampshire, ending it, saying it's up to you. Donald, uh, uh, Chris Christie is no saint. I mean, he admits that Ambition probably allowed him uh, more participate more so in the Trump uh, Trump domain than otherwise he would. But that said, to come out the way he did, yes, he has been criticizing Trump for a long time. Yes, he has been nailing Trump for a long time. But to put it in a completely cohesive manner in which he did in this speech from the mia culpa right on to the ambition, right on to knowing this president who only cares about himself and understanding that living with him and being with him for quite some time, that he presents a clear and present danger to the American, to the, to the American, to the country, to the American people. I think it goes somewhere. I think it matters. And while the speech is kind of late, uh, I don't think it is too late for it to have an effect. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. Trump is a clear and present danger, and we need all to unite. All sane Americans need to unite to ensure he never sets his, his foot in the White House again. 
we spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.